we we've been hanging out for months. nine years, but yeah. not officially dating. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it, too. We've just been hanging out for nine years. Yeah, hanging and out. And then there was some, like, paperwork, and be- there was, like, a there ceremony. There were some I-dos. Yeah. Was, yeah, we, yeah. But we're ju- we've just been we've hanging just out. We've just been hanging out two, for two nine years. Two people hanging out. Plot twist. Now we're married. <laughs> Welcome to the Love and Comedy Podcast. That doesn't sound as good as what I did no, before. Well, so good. Anyways, um, welcome to the Love and Comedy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aurora Singh. This podcast, we talk about what are we talking about? <laughs> pursuing love while pursuing a career in stand-up comedy. I like that it's either like super rehearsed, like exactly same pauses, or it's wait, what, what do, do we do? What do we do? Um, and now I get why you wrote it down. Yeah, because you're see? like, yeah, we're just that's why you two just read talkers it. that um, do people comedy. Yes, and the plot twist of us discussing love and comedy is that your two comedian hosts. Oh, that's a, that's a part. I say stand-up comedians, and then yeah, okay, like I can do it. Let's start over. Yeah. Welcome to the Love and Comedy <laughs> Podcast with your two stand-up comedian hosts. I am one of your hosts, Aurora Singh. This is a podcast where we talk pursuing love while pursuing a career in stand-up comedy. Plot twist. What? Oh my god! They were dead the whole time. Um. No, oh. your comedian hosts happen to be married to each other. What? Yeah, and comedians. That's wild, huh? So wild. So that's it. I'm Aurora Singh. And I'm Drew Schaefer. I'm the other host. We're married. Yeah. <laughs> if you could believe it. If you can believe it. I got that. So yeah, we're going to talk some. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so today we want to do another episode of listener questions. And we got two really solid questions from some of our really passionate viewers slash listeners. And so we're going to dive in and, and answer those questions, give you a little deep dive into our personalities, into our relationship, and into how much fun stand-up comedy can be or sometimes isn't. Ooh. Ooh should be fun. Yeah, let's get started. For our love discussion today, I have a question from Rory, uh, our our pal Rory over at Punchline. Uh, she asks, how have you guys been able to stay together for nine years? You want me to answer? Yeah, what, let's, let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> how do you, like, we've been together nine years. We've obviously been through a lot. What, what do you think? What is... I mean, like, the general answer of how we've been able to stay together for this long. I think just, like, constantly panicking about what comes next really distracts you from how long, how much time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> like If, if you keep co- yourself busy with panic, yeah, then I, you're, you don't have time to reflect and be like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's been six months since something. Like, you know, you just, yeah. like, you just kind of keep pushing and then you deal with the things as they come along and then nine years later you're like oh my god it's been nine it's been years nine years when somebody asks you how have you been able to stay together for nine years you're like we haven't oh, <laughs> oh wait. wait yeah <laughs> we have it's been nine years it's, yeah well okay it'll it's, be it nine years like, it'll be nine years in october yeah we we've still been have hanging out for months. nine years but yeah. not officially dating. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it, too. We've just been hanging out for nine years. Yeah, hanging out. And then out. there was some, like, paperwork. and be- There was, like, there a were ceremony. Some I-dos yeah. And, yeah, we, yeah. But we're ju- we've just been we've hanging just out. We've just been hanging out two, for two nine years. Two people hanging out. 
plot twist. Now we're married. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, wait, I feel like that's like the perfect thing. We've just been hanging out for nine it's years. Just been, yeah, it's been literally just, oh, hey, you're my friend. I'm your friend. Cool. Are we going to be, it was like the dinosaur. What is it? Do you want to push our make a bunk bed? Did we just become best friends? Oh, yeah. From it was kind of that yeah. situation. And then we were just like best friends for life. And yeah. then, you know. Made it official. And then made it official. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then at some point there, we brought in a legal, the legal system. Yeah. And now we're here. Now we're here. Is that your answer? Um, Do we disagree? That's boring. I mean, I we think need two perspectives. No, we're not a debate podcast. We're just an agree <laughs> podcast. We're just always in agreement. No, I mean, I think it sort of is a lot of just sort of like, as long as things are going in the right direction and you're working together, it doesn't feel like nine years. It doesn't feel like a challenge. Yeah. I Do you feel like you've had more fun over the nine years than you had the, like, what, 22 years before yeah, we met? Yeah, 23 years before that. Um, <laughs> I think so. Wait, yeah. how old were you when we met? We always, we always argue about yeah. this. How old was I? You were 22 and I was 23. That's just so impossible. No, that we were that young at some point. No, that we were that old. I thought we were younger. No. I guess math is math. Let's say, yeah, you. Well, I was about well, to say. Well, because I'm 31. You had had some wild drinking days before we met. I'm like, wait, that doesn't mean she was over mm. 21. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it would. But okay, no. wait. So I was 22, you were 23. Yeah. So the 23 years before we met versus the nine years that we've been together, what's been more fun? Uh, the nine years. Good I answer. mean, yeah. I mean, we've grown. We've good answer. Some, good answer. We've done some cool <laughs> stuff. I had never flown on an airplane. I had never, oh, like, I went to Tijuana, which doesn't count as leaving the country. Like, that was the only outside of the country I'd ever been. Yeah, so it's you like went now, to South San Diego. Yeah, South San Diego. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like the, the stuff we've done over those nine years, it's just been so much fun that it's like flying by. Like, time flies when you're having fun. Aww. And hanging out. Hanging out and growing, becoming yeah. a better person, following your dreams. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel like nine years. Yeah, when I talk to like my single friends, which I don't really have that many single friends, but mm-hmm. or when more of my friends were single and I we were just dating, they'd be like, oh, how, you know, kind of the same question. And it's like, I don't know. I don't really think about it in yeah. a matter of like, yeah, I'm like, obviously nine years is a big deal, but I guess I'm not like actively being like, oh, like each year marks... A certain thing it's just oh like we yeah. moved in together after eight months i think yeah, of knowing like each that, other yeah. of like i think it was like eight months of well we started talking about moving in together at like six or seven months the possibility yeah because i had just finished teaching i was moving to reno yeah i literally looked at the apartment right below you yeah and i was like why was the couple pay? below me yeah. just broke up they had just broken up and moved <laughs> out and they were like hey you can take it i was like why would i pay to live right below you if we're probably just gonna hang out every night like we're just yeah. gonna be in one or the other it's like are we gonna have a like when we go to a hotel with two queen beds like one dirty apartment one clean apartment yeah just, it just would have been weird something weird where but it's yeah like, I, rem- I remember that conversation it was like six months ish in and then we went to a Mexican restaurant in Reno and we yeah. were just like, yeah, so like, should we just do this? Like, just move in together? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then we started looking. We just, yeah. And then we started looking and then we found a place. How many times have we moved? Too many to count. We yeah. can count. Let's like, do it. Let's do it real okay, quick. Okay, let's for the do podcast. it. Ready? So one was into Montebello. 
Yeah. Let's not just throw out all of her addresses either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Aurora just had her identity stolen okay, this week. And she's already like, all right. And my first car at this one was Okay, this. I'll say code. I'll say code. But, well, yeah. that one was just one. We I'm never like, use that as a thing. Yeah. So that one was one. one and then... Two, wait Three. river can we just say the yeah. area so we can say river yep okay and then sacramento yeah and then sacramento and sacramento and sacramento so together yeah we've moved five times yeah in two different states yeah and we started out strong like what three times in three years yes yeah like right away it yeah. was like one year lease that's all that we're lasting and in this place. every time we've moved i think mm-hmm. except for the last time we almost broke up yeah every single time <laughs> that's why i'm like yeah early challenges it's like early on that was a challenge like yeah. moving was such a test of making decisions and delegating responsibility and being tired I think and maybe hot. yeah one like thing, we always moved in the summer too like yeah, idiots yeah in Reno in the and, desert yeah it's like you know what how did we stay together for so long I think that we really pushed our relationship to the limits very early on yeah and like got a lot of things kind of like out of the way very like you saw how crazy I was like emotional and all that like very early on because we lived together yeah and then but at the same time another thing that i think has made us stay together for a long time is that we both like didn't we both are hard workers yeah but also didn't ever really feel comfortable like going and working hard in a field that we don't care about yeah, so I can we see that. we both kind of like had our ebbs and flows, and I think that's why we moved so much. Why did we move so much? It was like the lease would come up, and the rent increase would be so much, and we'd be like, "Why would we keep living here?" Like, okay, I do remember the first move. Well, why did we? Uh, that just okay. So we moved the first time because we were like, "Let's get a two bedroom." I remember that. Yeah. Then the rent increase was going to be too much, so we looked for. Oh my god, we found the best place on the river. Yeah, beautiful. That was the best, and then we got you got a job in sacramento yeah okay so we had to and yeah okay and then we did that and then we were about to get married and we were like like, we can't live with your mom and be married like i know that's a thing a lot of people our age are having to do now but we're like we're not we just needed to have our own space yeah we needed our own space it was yeah yeah we just needed it yeah and then your job um gave us a good offer on another space so yeah. then we did that yeah we okay were, that we makes sense yeah we didn't fully enjoy it. it was just a good deal for our first little it was a nice area nice area yeah. yeah but um okay cool that makes sense so yeah i think we put our uh relationship to the test very early on yeah. and through all those moves why did we always almost break up <laughs> I think, yeah, it was like, you're so tired during a move and it's like decisions of like, well, which bedroom is which, which, where do we put this furniture? What, which wall is this thing going on? It's like things like that. And just arguments because you're so tired. I think also it's because I mostly did the unpacking and you just didn't really care. I mean, yeah, I'm not like a organizer. I'm not a like yeah like a, you don't like to decorate I don't, you don't yeah like, i guess that that's what i was looking for yeah decorate i don't like to decorate at all i'm gonna fix it just a little bit okay that's good um but Walk yeah more of my face. <laughs> no it's like i yeah. yeah i don't i don't like decorating so it's like we would have i wouldn't even care where you're like where should this tapestry go i'm like 
doesn't make a difference in my brain at all. Yeah. And so, so it's frustrating. But I think now it it comes down to like communication, right? Like and understanding how what the other person needs. Yeah. Like, you know, it's important to me and I don't like to make all the decisions. So you have to kind of train yourself to care a little bit. Yeah. And then I also have to understand that it's not your forte. Like if you, you don't care as much, I also don't want to put too much pressure. I don't want to expect wanna, too much. And from you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to put all of it on me because you know that. But you don't want to put it all on me because exactly. it's a lot of decision making. Yeah, it's not fair. Right, Drew? Either way. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, either way, it's just, yeah, it's like... Look, we're, we're going to break it. We're, like, close to breaking up again. You guys can see how this We're not even up. moving. We just had to move, like, two lights in the studio, and we're like, oh. <sighs> we're all Where do we up. put the lights? It's, is it decoration or is it functional? Yeah. So, yeah, moving is tough. And then early on... We also, like, early on, we had um, not issues, but, like, we were both trying to figure out what job to do. Like, I had just left teaching... Yeah. When we moved in together. Stable income. Stable income. Then I was just sort of working for the comedy club, but that wasn't like a career to to do. Mm-mm. So then it was like just each of us were trying to find the job that fit. I was working in car sales. Well, I, I graduated college and then I wasn't really working. And then I was working in car sales. Yeah. Where I was making a lot of money. A lot of Let's money, but you were so you were working eighteen hour days. It was, like yeah, it was rough. You were yeah, especially at the end of the month was like I need to hit quota or I get fired basically. Ooh. So like you would yeah, you would work ninety hour weeks plus. It was just like it was un unsustainable. Yeah, and my phone was always on too because it was like. I would get messages from clients at like 11 o'clock at night, which by the way, if your car person, salesperson gives them, gives you your number, their number, don't, don't contact them outside at hours. No. Like what is wrong with people? That doesn't make sense. Like it's so rude. Yeah. Only if there was an I'm absolute drunk off emergency. a bottle of wine. Like don't, don't. Yeah. What? And we just, yeah, we were dealing with that. And I think we both sort of had moments of depression of just like, what am I doing with my life? I like, we would, quit a job or lose a job and then just where are we going where are we going but we at all times one of us had a career so we constant were constant panic constant panic <laughs> <laughs> never have time to reflect yeah when the what's in front of you is scarier it's like it would always be like uh, okay so there was a point where we both kind of had a job but most of our relationship has been like you earn income and I'm in panic. I'm earning income, you're in panic. Yeah. And we're just like going back and forth and yeah. we quit jobs and lose jobs and <sighs> it's been a journey. It's been it's And been 9 years later we're still just like in it panicking. Yeah. Um I think sometimes when people ask like, "Oh, how have you guys made it so long? How are you still together?" like I almost wonder if they're asking for either have you guys not realized who each other are like mm. like is it like a dig i'm like no i think it's more like yeah what's what's the advice you would have because especially i know rory sees us and she's like how how do they become like this fun couple that stays together so Isn't like a fun couple i think so i think i think we're, we're fun we're okay we're all right we're fine um but yeah w- like what do you think is like maybe the biggest thing or the best piece of advice for people starting relationships, looking for what we have. Oh Aww. God! Back to last week, and the we're the greatest couple ever, according to our <laughs> therapist. I think that it's a really there's so many moving parts, and I think that 
we did encounter a lot of obstacles early on. Mm-hmm. We had obstacles financially, um, just the uncertainty in both of our careers because we both want to do stand up, but so we couldn't fully commit ourselves to these jobs, but we knew we needed to make rent. And so there is this like depression of like, oh, I lost my income. I'm not contributing. And the other person sees you not working. And then it's like, there's always been something that's like we've had to work through, right? Yeah. And I think a big part of why you and I have stayed together for so long is I think that there's just an understanding from me. I'll speak for myself because I can't Mm -hmm. speak for you. But for me, I think I've always just had an understanding that like life is going to have ebbs and flows and sometimes it's going to be really good and sometimes it's not going to be the greatest. Yeah. And I'm with someone who like is my fan, my friend. They respect me. And at the end of the day, they want me to be happy. That makes them happy. And so in those moments where I get upset because you don't want to decorate as much or like you don't, you know, do certain things. And I'm like, well, why isn't he doing that? It's like, well, I know at the end of the day, if I ask you, then you'll do it. Yeah. So I think it's just remembering that I'm with someone who wants me to be happy. And that's like a huge part of being in a relationship is having that trust that someone is like looking out for you and they can't read your mind so you do have to communicate sometimes and you can't say well he should just well I wish my partner would just know to do that well I mean that would be great and sometimes that does happen where you just do things and sometimes your partner just does things but you also have to give them the opportunity to want to do that so like tell them Yeah. You know, I would like if you brought me more things or like whatever it is that you want in a relationship. And I feel like anytime I've ever expressed something, it's always been received in a good way. Like, yeah. As long as I communicate in a good way, because sometimes I just decide to scream and yell and that does not communicate things in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) And I will own up to that. (laughs) Even if your message is just, I want a a glass of water, but you're like, I want a glass of water. It's like, okay (laughs) now we got to talk before you get some water what's going on drew has definitely taught me how to say please and thank you yeah um okay so what is your piece of advice i mean really just dating me because i'm perfect right oh that's a big part of it yeah if you can't have that that is definitely things that men say that never get laid go ahead try wow (laughs) try again no i think that no um i think it is sort of similar to what you're saying. So for me, it was almost like the understanding that we're a team the whole time from the jump. And it's like on a team, like if you're playing basketball, you don't get mad at your teammate if they miss a couple shots. You don't go, oh my God, you're the worst. I want to get traded. Like unless you're like some of these NBA players nowadays. Yeah. We're like, you can't hit a shot, leave. But it's like you leave a team or you like ask for a trade when the other people like don't have the same goal as you. So it's like us always having similar goals and a shared relationship goal. I think that's always kept us on track and kept us on the same team. Yeah. Cause I think having all those uncertainties, like, it's like, at least we, we know we're working towards one certain thing. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And it's like that trust in each other. Like we're all trying to win this game, right? okay, we're all on the same page. We all are trying to win. And then you see some teammate like actively doing things like getting suspended or doing like stupid things. And you're like, okay, I don't think your goal is 
for us to win. I think you're doing something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing in a relationship. If we're like, our goal is to get married and have a happy life and a happy relationship and you're out doing things or I'm out doing things where it's, it's harming that, then that trust goes away. And then it's like, okay, this can't last. And we haven't done that. Both of our answers have to do with trust. I think trust and teamwork. Like it's not a solo project. No. And I also don't love the the idea of a relationship is 50 50 it's not it it ebb and flo- it ebbs and flows like you were yeah. saying like in a basketball game sometimes one person's shooting really well and the other person isn't you don't go okay like i'm leaving because i'm scoring all the points like you say hey can you do this or can you do this and ways to contribute that aren't the points yeah and i think it's easier to go through life with a partner than by yourself yeah i agree so i guess we're just taking the easy route that's what it is yeah <laughs> we're just lazy we don't want to have to yeah taxes like just have me do it and it, t- it doesn't take twice as long just because there's two of us it takes like 20 percent longer what a random thing to bring up i'm a numbers guy yeah i don't know just everything you went it's from like, sports to taxes this is a very diverse podcast we have everything on it so yeah comedy time yeah what do you like more the love section or the comedy section what's your fave what's your vibes i think that i like the comedy section more why because i think i want people to listen to this and laugh and i think maybe our advice on comedy is is good and funnier and our stuff on love i think maybe sometimes gets a little real I don't know what people are looking for. We I don't know which take, part they like. We want to take people on an emotional roller coaster, though. Yeah. We want them to to feel and to and to feel love and to feel comedy. Yeah, we All want right, your emotions so- <laughs> to throw up and scream and laugh, and when you're done, go, "Oh my oh, god, wow. I did it!" What a what a roller coaster. Also, we forgot to say where we're at. Oh, okay. We're recording in live. Case, yeah, we're recording. In case you don't recognize this brick the back, wall, the brick wall. We are recording alive from alive the comedy from spot, the Sacramento comedy spot in Midtown Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento's nonprofit comedy organization. Wow, they do improv, sketch, comedy. They do everything. All the kind. All those are all shows, but they all they, they, they do, do all do classes, the shows workshops. The, yes. Yep charity events everything yep so support them they are doing great things for our art community like performing arts community so please 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 support them we are so appreciative of them and their space and their um, equipment so thank you so much and affordable beers if you want a night out beers some of the best like they pick cool local ones i i'm a huge fan of their beer selection here i love everything that they do and i love brian and the whole staff and they're all just like really good people so please support them okay so we are back in the closet (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) if you're watching this the venue the background suddenly changed um because we had technical difficulties at the comedy spot not to the fault of comedy spot but our audio system just decided to caca poo poo on our episode. Just everything crashing. Yep. So we are here. We're gonna do <laughs> our question. Yes. Uh, for comedy. So we got this uh, comedy question from another comedian who's in the scene. Her name is Radine. Yes, it is. And you want to tell us like 
Yeah, she's she's like the number one proponent of our podcast. She is such a great <laughs> fan. She is out there telling the young comics they need to listen to us. So, I mean, thank you so much for your support, Radine. I know you'll hear this, which is so nice to be able to say. I meant more like what it, she said this in person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she asked in person <laughs> at a little event that we had for one of our comedian friends last week. And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a good question. You need to message our podcast thing so we can read it and answer your question on the next episode message our podcast thing our uh instagram profile drop a dm on the page so message us questions yes so radine sent us this question it's multi-part so we're gonna break it down just like part by part here yeah um the first part of it is when has comedy not been fun Ooh, go first um i think for me comedy stops being fun in a couple situations one is when you're doing like a lot of competitions where you have to bring your a game like competitions or auditions like and you're just doing the same jokes word for word and you have to do everything perfect and there's pressure and stress like that takes away the fun of it yeah and the other time is just when like you hit like a block and i feel like especially early on there's like this obstacle in your way where you're like okay i know what funny comedy is and i'm not doing it Mm. and you're just like you see this big wall in front of you of how do i bridge the gap between what i think is funny and what i'm doing right now and it can be frustrating but like that's part of the challenge it's not fun in those moments but you just have to push through i um yeah i mean i I agree with everything that you're saying because one thing that people don't realize about stand-up is that you're going up there and you are repeating yourself over and over again and after a while just like you find a good movie that you really love and you watch it a few times or a good song you really love and you sing it over and over again on replay and then after a while you're like okay well i mean i still love the song i still love the movie but like I need something. I need to like switch it yeah, up, you know? It's the repetition of it. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And I think the, to also when it comes to having to repeat yourself, like having to do the same joke over and over again, specifically in competitions, is um, very difficult. Or if you're like going to multiple festivals in a row, mm-hmm. because you're the pressure to perform um, at your best is is very is like very present in those moments so you have to just do tried and true which just gets really boring so when you come back from things like that and you're at a club or doing another show you're like oh i don't want to have to say these jokes again i'm tired of them yeah i think for me it's like uh the last couple years have been like a really good couple years for me to grow as a comedian and that only came from repeating my tried and true over and over again. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I think I'm ready for the next level. So I am going through this period of like writer's block and it's not fun for me at all. Yeah. Um, that kind of segues into the next part of the question is how, has there any been like any like long seasons of not enjoying stand up and not enjoying performing? Yeah, and for you, since you were you were just starting to reference it, have you had some long seasons of I it? Mean, Are yeah, you in one right now? I think like, I've been in one for like a year. Okay. And I and I think it's just because I am now getting opportunities where I I've been passed in a lot of the clubs that I wanted to get passed in. So I've done those jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm hosting I've hosted for some pretty big names and I've you know, I've been 
so I've gone six shows in a weekend, sometimes up to eight shows in a week where I've repeated these jokes over and over again. I've been doing that for a year. Now I'm about to go onto these cruises and colleges where I have to do an hour, two hours of material. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this like year of writing and stress. Like a lot of the performing I'm doing right now is stressful. And so and I'm doing a lot of writing and I'm also hitting a writer's block because I don't want to keep writing the way I've been writing. I want to like push to the next level. Yeah. And so I'm it's it hasn't been as fun and I need to learn to just enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I need to learn to enjoy the process is because I have I am very familiar with this feeling. I had this feeling when I was trying to make the jump from five minutes of material to 15 minutes of material. Which is quite the jump early on. Yes. It's a huge step. Yes. Being able to have an effective 15 minute, not just I can do comedy for 15, but I have a good solid 15. Right. Right now I can do 45 to an hour. Mm -hmm. Do I have a good, like, if someone went up, came up to me and said, do 15 minutes, I'd be like, like, I can do 15 minutes and kill in 15. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, three or four years ago, if someone said do 15, I would feel the same way about that 15 as I do now about the 45 to an hour. I can do it. Like you just said, I can do it, but it's not my favorite stuff. Yeah. It's not going to, I don't know if it's going to kill everywhere. Yeah. It's not as tight, maybe. It's not as structured as. And I wish I would have just um, enjoyed the process. Mm Mm-hmm when I was making that jump from five to 15, because it was a fun process, like failing and finding things that worked. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to tell myself now that part, like, okay, that's the next part of the question though. But before we get into that, have you gone through this in long seasons and like what happened? How did you feel? Yeah, what was going on? Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of it was like, for me was doing a lot of competitions, doing the same set over and over again, but not winning for me sort of was like this idea. Oh my God, I'm not funny if I can't win. And this is what I've been doing everywhere all the time. And it's not good enough, but it's the best I have. Like that feeling of, Oh, I'm doing my best, but it's not good enough would be so defeating that it made it not fun. So for you, you're speaking specifically of the competitions, competitions and like auditions. Yeah. Really like some of those like big pressure where you're just doing big pressure shows like, oh, we're going to L.A. We're going to be in front of this booker or, Mm. oh, we're doing our first showcase at the punchline in San Francisco. And all these Bay Area comedians are going to talk about us, whether we do like terrible or do great. Like this is our how long how long what's the longest that you felt like that was going on for? I mean, maybe like three months is probably the longest I've ever had like a season of just not having fun with it. Um, But I mean, usually it's like three or four weeks for me. And that happens, you know, maybe once or twice a year where I just have like an off month where it's just like, all right, it's been pretty boring or like just not fun. Yeah. I I don't remember if we had already said this in the one that we recorded before <laughs> we'll look or, back we might or, we might splice a or, couple things together yeah or if this was in the last section i can't remember but yeah. um talking about how there's this um haunting curse that comedians go through you, you didn't talk about it on the in this studio so yeah go ahead and talk about it well i remember we talked about it during this episode but i don't remember yeah. if it was during the section do you anyway it was yeah Oh, okay. It was, didn't, yeah. So we didn't I record think so, it. Yeah. Okay. So comedians go through this thing, mm-hmm. um, like where we have, let's say we have ten. Let's just pick a number. Ten shows in a row. 
Mm-hmm. And um, within two weeks, we're doing 10 shows. Every single show is just hidden. Yep. It is like you do one, great, two, good, three. Now you're at five shows and you're like, I haven't had a bad set yet. Just crushing it. Just, just crushing can go wrong. sets. Yep. yep. And whenever this happens, this this is like a haunting curse that all comedians know. They're like, one's about to hit real bad. Yeah. One's about to be what? so bad. It's yeah. going to make you want to quit. The bigger the rise, the bigger the fall. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because when comedians are going through this, um, I've heard it a million times in green green rooms. I'm sure you have too, where Mm -hmm. a comic comes in. They're like, I've had nine good shows in a row. And everyone in the green room's like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like... (laughs) It's like a perfect game in baseball. Like, oh, yeah. I've done eight innings, perfect game. It's like, don't say perfect game. Don't yeah, mention yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because then every comic in there is... But then it also becomes like camaraderie. And so when the comic does eventually um, fail yeah. at their set, comics, we all laugh. Because yeah. we're like, it was going to happen. And and it's no reflection on the comedian. It's just like a numbers game. It's like, it was just bound to happen. It's just the weirdest thing. But like you said, like winning these competitions, it's like, it, it doesn't always, there's so many outside factors that Mm -hmm. determine if you win a competition or get passed in, you know, showcases or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you tell yourself when you're in those like three to four weeks or three months, like you said, yeah. To kind of keep going. Yeah. I don't know if there's like something I tell myself. I think I'm just so stubborn and I don't know how to quit. So like, I think for me, it's just in those moments, I'm like, okay, what's the fun show? What's the goof off show? Like no offense to producers, but there's shows that we all do where we're like, okay, I don't have to bring my A game. This is like, uh, you know, a casual bar show. Nobody's expecting Netflix special quality material. So it's like, finding that spot on my calendar and being like, that's the show where I'm just going to go have fun and do something different and just see how it goes. So that's what you tell yourself to focus on. Yeah. Like focus on that. Just keep working and grinding out the, you know, the stressful, the repetitive sets. And eventually you get to have fun time. Like it's like doing work and then you get recess. Okay. So you feel like those moments in time are like doing work yeah and then that's when it's work and then you get recess where you're just like oh i get to have some fun and yeah and it's like they always say like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life but like daniel tosh talked about that in his stand-up he's like no i'm a stand-up comedian i don't even want to come into work 80 percent of the time yeah (laughs) and it's like that understanding that comedy is a job there is stress it's not always fun but sometimes it is and a lot of times it's just so fun so it's like knowing it's a little bit of work to get that reward, get that recess, totally worth it. Yeah, that statement of um, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life is, oh, I, hate I it. feel like it's a very harmful statement because if I you agree. if you do what you love and you want to make it sustainable, then you do have to like work at it yeah. in some form. You can't just like be like naturally good at something it is, a, is a thing that happens, mm-hmm. but to make a living from it, you have to be like really in love with it you because to, you have to put in work to get you have better to treat at it. Like it. A business, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that makes sense. Yeah. I definitely feel that way. How about you? Like, is there something you tell yourself when it's just not? Yeah, fun? Um, I was kind of uh, starting to say it before mm-hmm. that I just try and remind myself um, to enjoy the process because. Yeah. 
every time I start getting ahead of myself and I start going, well, I want this and I want that and I want to be here and I want to do that and I'm not enjoying it because I'm in a writer's block and blah, blah, blah. I always look back at that time and I'm like, God, it was so nice to just like not have that much pressure. Yeah. Like to go to go from five minutes to 15 minutes to me felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. But mm-hmm. truly no one was like I I still consider myself a no one. But I like I was beginning in stand up. You know, there was no expectation for me, no pressure. It was just a growing process. And I miss that like little bit of freedom to just kind of go on stage and no one expect anything from yeah. me and even now like it's not like I have a huge fan base but I do feel like sometimes people are like expecting me to behave and do certain things and I don't necessarily have that much freedom as I did before yeah um but I'm trying to even get that mindset out too and just be like you know what you have earned somewhat of respect and if this doesn't go well then it doesn't go well. And then you just do more shows and you just, Joey Diaz actually told me that. Yeah. Yeah. Joey Diaz years and years ago when I performed with him in Reno, he was like, I, he could tell I was nervous before a set and I was like in my head and he was like, well, Joey Diaz, he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I was like, um, I'm just a little nervous. And he was like, what are you fucking nervous about? It's a fucking set. You're going to fucking, this is a fucking job. We just go up there. We tell some fucking jokes. They laugh at some fucking jokes. And if they don't fucking laugh, then you just fucking go home and do another fucking show. That was pretty good. I feel like yeah. the listeners are going to be like, wow, they, they're a good podcast. They just had Joey Diaz. Is that the special guest they were talking about? Oh, oh. I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but um, that was my bad on that one. But yes, yeah, so that's what Joey Diaz told me. And so I yeah. always try and remember like, Big, famous comedians, they, we, it's just, we just go up there and what we do is so objective. And yeah. so, I mean, it's the greatest job in the world. Ellis Rodriguez always tells yep. me that. Carlos Rodriguez always reminds us. If you, if you listen to our podcast, we had Ellis on. We haven't had Carlos yeah. yet, but they're both great comedians. And they tell me all the time, this is the greatest job in the world. We get to go on stage and tell jokes. So yeah. if it doesn't go well, just enjoy the process. Like... We have to enjoy the process because that's all we have. It is. That's all we have yep. is the jokes and the process. Mm-hmm. Let me see if there's anything else that Radine said. Um, yeah. I feel like there was one more part that I'm missing. Yeah, I, I feel like there are a couple more. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you ever thought about quitting comedy? <laughs> what kept you going? And then the last question is, what is your goal or end bracket for comedy? Okay. So. Have you ever thought about quitting? What keeps you going? And what's the end goal? Yeah. Um, have I <laughs> the ever? Answer, the answer? Yeah. 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 yeah I've. Have yeah. you thought about quitting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they love the synchronized <laughs> moments. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Um, all the time. Not all the time, but like quite a few times. There was Less m- now than in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me. I, th- I think so, too. Like early on, you haven't invested as much. So like you're like oh i could get out easier right versus like now we're married to comedy well yeah i'm i'm at a point now where i cannot turn back yeah i've gotten too far up this mountain where i'm like if i go back it's gonna it's it's just i can't like i i haven't been in the workforce in years yeah so yeah it's i've thought about it though like i remember one in particular it was like a month of just bad shows, not having fun. My set wasn't going great. It was the only thing I could do. 
And I started telling bookers no. When they'd be like, oh, can you do the show this day? I'd be like, nope, busy. And I was just telling people no. Like, I rejected five or six show offers. Because I was like, I have a show in three weeks. That's going to be the last show I ever do. I was adamant, like, had committed to it. And then that night, went to the show. I was like, it doesn't even matter anymore. So I got a couple beers in me. It was uh, Paraiso Brewery in Los Banos, Mm -hmm. which no longer exists, but it was one of my favorite (gasps) venues. It doesn't? Nope. They closed down. Yeah. But, like, literally some of my best sets ever were there. And including the night, I was like, I quit. This is the last time I'm ever going to take a microphone. And then I got drunk and just talked. And me talking was so much funnier than all the stuff I was doing. It was fun. The crowd loved it. I was like, all right, I guess I'm back in it. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I've thought about it. And then it's usually you get one of those fun shows or you, like, get that attitude of, like, it doesn't matter anymore. And then as soon as you stop thinking that it matters, that's when it comes in and reminds you, oh, yeah, this is the most important thing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same thing, too, like... Um, the curse of all the good shows and the bad show. It's, it yeah. works the other direction as well. If you're just, if you're yeah, just stuck. having stuck, you're just stuck in this plateau where you're stuck. I, I Do you think maybe that's what keeps you going now? Like, obviously, in that moment, you were very much like, I'm done. And then you had a great set. But like, what about now? What keeps you going when you do have those thoughts? Um, Yeah, I think like I remind myself of the really fun sets because like it's like from therapy, they point out how easy it is to think of the negatives, but that you have to like train your brain to think of the positives. So like if somebody was like, hey, tell me 10 bad things about yourself. You're like, oh, boom, 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 done. But if they're like, tell me 10 good things. You're like, oh, let me think. Like I need a second. Yeah. So it's the same thing with comedy. I just have to remind myself like, hey, remember this show, this show, this show. Remember how much fun you had doing this, this and this. Remember how it felt when you wrote this joke the first time you told it and it got a huge laugh? Like, it's reminding myself of those good times makes it easier to just write out the bad times. I think that's a good answer. And I think part of it, yeah, is also the confidence. I know I can write a good joke. I have enough good jokes. So I'm like, okay, if I just grind it out, some of these jokes, maybe I'm telling now and then I come back to it in two years and it'll be funny. Yeah, like now you know how to trust your process. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier. How about you? Um, I am similar, but I, first off, let me say, yeah, I think about quitting comedy often. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like I said, I'm too far into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think about quitting. Uh, what keeps me going is I also trust the process. I'm also just so familiar with these feelings that I'm like, it's, it'll pass. Like the feelings that I have about my anytime I ever feel like I want to quit comedy it has to do with like an insecurity I have and most of the time that stem from comparing myself to other people yeah and so I feel like I in the beginning of stand-up what kept me going was pure pure stubbornness competitiveness like that is it like there is nothing that kept me going besides being stubborn and competing with myself and everyone around me that is it did I have a passion for it sure yeah but like that is what drove me like and maybe a little bit of of revenge too against my bullies that I grew up with (laughs) Um, but what keeps me going now is still all of those things (laughs) 
You gotta prove them wrong. I gotta prove everybody wrong. I need someone to tell me that I'm good at what I do and I'm stubborn and I'm competitive. That works. But when that always doesn't, because that doesn't always work. So so when that does, you know, uh, fade a little bit, now I know that I'm com- I'm usually comparing myself to other people and I have to remind myself that this feeling will pass and I don't need to compare myself and my journey and stand up to anybody else because I can't control what they do and I can't control who says yes or no to them. Okay. I can only I can't even control who says yes or no to me. No. So I have to just sit back and focus on bettering myself whether it be self-care, comedy, relationship, that what I do is in my control and I try hard to remind myself that and when I forget I just go back to being stubborn so so what's your end goal in comedy in stand-up yeah in stand-up comedy comedy stand-up I joke jokes (laughs) I'm terrible at setting goals because there's so many uncertainties and I don't even know all the options that are available right now like I'm going into this with like without a menu of like what can I be so for without a menu yeah, like I don't know what all is out there. Like, could you a know comedian... some things that I are know out some there? Things. Say something. I think the biggest thing for me is just continuing to make people laugh for the rest of my life. Boo! I know. I just want to make people happy. It's so disgusting. I'm literally gonna barf. I know. I just I want people to be happy, and if that means I'm a social media comedian that people love, or a touring comedian, or a TV show comedian, whatever it is, I just want to make people laugh and keep having fun doing jokes for people i just feel like that is just shooting like bubbles into the wind i think and you can't and like every successful anything i've ever read or heard or watched just said you need to set a goal make a plan and take action yeah and you're like i'm taking action with no plan (laughs) and no goal yeah so I think for me, it's like I have general ideas of what I want to do and what I want to be. But it's like for now, I'm just working in those three or four areas and trying to see if one opens up a little bit more than the others. So it's like, OK, so what are those areas like make something more specific? You can't just be like, I just want to make people happy. I mean, yeah, I don't. That's the problem. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be better on the road or better in L.A. Like for me, I'm like, I want to go to L.A. Well, at some what point. is your goal? Would you rather be a road comic and constantly be traveling, you know, 50 weeks out of the year? Or would you rather be an actor? Would you rather do stand up specials where you can be on tour for one or two months and then put a special out and then you're good for a year? Like there are goals. Yeah. I think I would rather like (laughs) Like, be specific, my guy. (laughs) I think I'd rather just be like an LA comic and then I sometimes get to travel, but like, I don't want to be the road comic where I'm like, Oh, I'm in middle of nowhere, Montana tonight. And tomorrow night I'm doing a bar show in Idaho. And what does LA comic mean? What does that mean? Somebody who works at one of the major clubs is like doing Netflix things, doing Amazon prime specials, like doing small, like specials and then touring a little bit. Like, I don't want to be the guy small, nobody knows. Like, small special on Netflix? You, not like small, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes they're on like Tubi or they're on like Pluto TV. Like they're on the not big platforms. Like whatever it is, like they're still funny. They're still working with the best people. They're making people laugh. But yeah, I don't the idea like I want to be either huge on the road so I can do like the fun cities I want to visit 
or I just want to stay local. Like, I don't want to do the full road comic. Like, I, there's people out there doing it right now that we know of. It's like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, for 16 people at a at a casino. And it's like, I don't want to do that, because I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't be as fun for me. Like, when I go to cities, I want to explore fun cities. Okay. So I want to be, like, big, or I just want to be local and do, like, cool shows with bigger names. I don't want to be the in-between comic. Okay. It sounds like you're shooting to be the in-between comic. I don't want to be. But that's what you just said your goal was. And then you just said you didn't want to do that. No, I want to either be LA based and doing like, sometimes you're in a commercial or sometimes you're writing with people. Like I know comedians where it's like, oh, I'm at the comedy store tonight. Tomorrow I'm going to do some writing for a late night talk show. And then I'll be back at the comedy store that next night. Like... And they're based in there. They're working with the LA people. So you they're don't want, gigs. yeah, okay. So you just want to make people happy. Yeah, that's the overall. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, either like working in LA or New York, whichever, or like big enough that I'm touring in the bigger cities and like theaters and like not. I don't want to do the traditional road comic. I know that's obviously a step for a lot of people, but I'm like, man, I just have to find a way to make the leap away from that you know like nowadays there's comedians that get famous on tiktok and then they don't have to go that route okay so follow-up question that radine didn't ask but i have okay what are you doing to make those dreams a reality those goals a reality i'm working on social media presence and watching videos of other comedians to see what's working so like right now obviously things like you have to add captions you have to have a catchy dynamic hook to your video you have to do things that make people not click away. So for me, it's like building good content to start building followers. And then once I have that, I feel like, okay, this is when clubs are going to take me more seriously. So even if I'm not headlining across the country, I'll be doing bigger clubs or like, you know, moderate sized clubs. I just don't want to be the guy who has to like hit up every bar within 60 miles of Boise, Idaho to see if I can do a one night gig. Like, I don't want to do that. Okay. So for me, it's like build that following because like we heard at the Sacktown Comedy Get Down, it's like a lot of bookers are like, hey, what's your social media presence? Because how many people can you bring out to a show? Yeah, they just want butts and seats. They just want butts and seats. So I want to be able to put butts and seats so I can be like, hey, can I come feature? I have a solid 30. I have 100,000 followers. I would love to do your show. Right. So I think it's those are my two areas of focus right now. Okay, I'm glad that we narrowed it down a little bit yeah i think and also just making people happy boo (laughs) we hate it how about you what are some goals i just like whatever there we go (laughs) (laughs) just like i'll just like tell jokes here and there and then like whatever it is what it is you know yeah um end of podcast (laughs) Uh, podcast. that was our episode thanks everybody (laughs) what do you have because obviously you're doing some like really cool stuff lately you're doing colleges cruises are you yeah. trying to make that your focus, like just making a lot of money? Because that's what I you have would to be do. careful of what I say because I have okay. uh, agencies. Yeah, watch out, everybody. <laughs> so I don't want to be like, I don't care about this, and then my <laughs> agents like, then why am I getting you these things? Yeah. No, I um am my ultimate goal in stand up is to be a household name. Mm-hmm. I want to be like the. Elijah Schlesinger's, Amy Schumer's, Ali Wong's of the world, Michelle Buteau's, Taylor Tomlinson's. I want to be like everywhere. I want I want to be like 
I don't know exactly how to get there because there's multiple routes, but I want people to go. I want to put out a special on Netflix or HBO and then people go, oh, my God, Aurora Singh just put out another special. I'm so excited. No, it comes out in a month. Yeah, let's watch it. Let's yeah, yeah, let's all watch and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be in movies and then have people go, oh, my God, Aurora Singh's in this new movie. I got to go see it. It's going to be so funny. Yeah. Um, I want to have like brand deals. I basically want to have enough going on in entertainment that i'm like now making money without having to hustle so hard so like people instead of me having to like audition for commercials and stuff people hit me up and they're like let's have a brand deal with you here's a multi-million dollar brand deal so you can you know sit in a honda civic and drive (laughs) it down the freeway and people would want to buy it like i want to be that kind of lifestyle um i don't want to be able to go to a grocery store (laughs) (laughs) I don't I want I don't want to be able to just like have a normal life. I okay. I want like security. Jeez. <laughs> I want to be untouchable. Jeez. You want yeah. And I also just like really want to make people happy. No, you don't. <laughs> you you want to make yourself. You want to make yourself famous. I definitely You want to be a Kardashian. <laughs> Nobody's ever like the Kardashians make me so happy on the inside. They're like, no, no. I do want to be I do want to make people happy. Okay. I've gone through a lot in my life. So the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal, the reason why I want to be a household name really is because I feel like I grew up and I never saw anyone that looked like me or sounded like me or has my experience. Even now, I don't. Like, I still don't see anyone that fully represents who I am. But I know that I represent a big group of people that are... Uh, multiracial and first generation Americans and grew up in communities that didn't reflect their own cultures like their original cultures and it's like just it's isolating um, and I want to be a household name and for the the reason why is because I want other people who have similar stories to me not feel so isolated and to see me and go oh my god like there is someone out there that's like me there people like her exist and me exists like this matters you know we matter for sure um so yeah asshole that's <laughs> why i want to be a household name because that means i freaking did it that means all my biracial babes out there are like hey here we are we're out here and we're doing cool shit you know yeah um but yeah, Netflix, movies, I want to write my own TV show, um, you know, also HBO special, like whatever HBO, Netflix, like fight over me. It's fine. I'll do <laughs> either one or both. Um, but that's like the ultimate goal, just to be a superstar and represent all all the beautiful uh, people of color Aww. that well, grew up confused. Well, you are well on your way. <laughs> <laughs> so you're yeah, you're on the right track. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and my plan to get there. Um, okay. Uh, work really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a good work, Important. work ethic. No. Um, treat people right. Um, know my worth. Yeah. And continue working on things that I can control. I can control my stand-up and the way I treat people. And I can continue to perform in these cruises and colleges and build my material yeah. continue taking my acting classes that I've been taking to get better at being in front of a camera and keep auditioning my little butt off and something will eventually hit that's what I'm doing that's there you go I'm gonna do it you're gonna do it I'm gonna do it guys yeah <laughs> Last episode, I mentioned that this episode we were going to have a special yeah, guest. Yeah, episode twenty to end our season. To end big our special season, guest. yeah, to end our season one, we're going to have this big special guest, 
and, and they're right oh they're not right here they're not here they're not because here. i aurora singh made a mistake Ooh, it's okay <laughs> we can admit to our mistakes here on the on the love this and comedy a, podcast i was about to say on the safe, safe space oh my gosh no the um <laughs> this is a safe space safe space it's um space. so i made a mistake i booked this person for next week yeah as as opposed to last sunday yeah so that's my bad honestly thank goodness because our sound system yeah our audio system was like not working nope. um that's why we're back in the closet but yep. we will have our special guest in episode 21 of the love and comedy podcast Lucky 21 blackjack blackjack um be, and uh and that will be the end of season one yes to show you guys a little look-see as to what season two is going to be be and we will be back in august yep. with uh season two starting um but until then thank you guys so much for listening that's been our episode mm-hmm. please follow us on instagram and tiktok at the love and comedy podcast one more time the love and comedy podcast i've been one of your hosts aurora Singh. follow me at aurora sing comedy I almost said dot com. Yeah. That is a website that you can also go to to check out my shows. And also we put out episodes every Thursday. Yeah. And I'm your other host, Drew Schaefer at Drew Schaefer Comedy. And keep sending us your questions because they make for some fun episodes, I think. Especially if you ask us in person and then DM us after because we are getting such great questions it's making some good episodes also just a side note yeah um if you guys could please support us on tiktok because every time i post a clip we get all these freaking trolls on there and they're really mean so if you guys could go to tiktok and just start flooding our comment sections with really nice positive things we'd really appreciate it also if you guys are listening to us like follow share subscribe do all the things interact with us tell people about us we hope that we're helping new comics and all comedians And we hope that you are getting something out of these. And I hope if you're not a stand-up comedian that you're still getting some kind of insight out of this, whether it is for your, you know, if you're a big-time lawyer, chasing your dreams, whoever you are. Mental health, relationship health. health. Yeah. Yeah. We want everyone to relate. So no target audience. And that is super smart to do. Yeah. That's like number one is do not know your audience. (laughs) Don't know your audience. Don't know your audience at all. Just say words and some people might hear it there you go yeah so that's it that's it bye love you podcast comedy you